Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. A one two pitch to the DH on its way. He stuck him out on a breaking ball, and the Ole Miss Rebels are your national champions. Four two, the final score. Red and blue streamers everywhere. We got a dog pal in front of the mound. Has won it all. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss Sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at Brad.logan at Loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan C O T E. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. And now, Robinson handles it. And they're going to Omaha for the first time in 42 years. Hottie, Toddy in Omaha. Oops. Ground ball toward Robinson is short. He gloves. He'll throw to first, and it is in time for the out. The Rebels are headed to Omaha. The drought is over. And a big Rebel pile up just away from the mound. The fifth Super Regional is the key for Coach Mike Bianca. One ball, two strikes to Lanzilli. Dylan DeLucia kicks, fires the pitch. Swing and a miss! He struck him out, and Ole Miss will play for the tie. And welcome into today's Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. And the Ole Miss Rebels are the 2022 national champions of college baseball. What an absolutely incredible run by my Bianco and this team, catapulted by a, a heck of a run over in Omaha. And we've got Jared Redding coming up on the second half of the show. But I know everybody watched it. I know everybody was excited about it. And to say that, um, you know, I think a lot of people are just kind of pitching themselves that, Ole Miss is actually national champions in college baseball. It is. Uh, it was a heck of a run, and it's almost sad that uh, that baseball now is over. It was so much fun to cover, so much fun to follow. You know, I've seen pictures of David Delucci sitting by Coach Donnie Kessinger. I've heard from folks, uh, for example, Coach uh, Coach Johnny Flint, who's passed away. How much Coach Flint would have enjoyed this? I've 
you know, I can't imagine Ernie LaBarge, who is who is so big in this program, when he started the Ernie LaBarge bullpen club years ago. And, um, you know, I wish those folks could have been here to see it. But I know they were looking down. It was such a special day. And the future is incredibly bright, bright for Ole Miss baseball. And uh, so much fun. I can't say enough about how much I appreciate Dave Pulaski with Learfield for supplying all the highlights. We're, we're grateful for our relationship with Learfield. But, I mean, you know, I know I know everybody saw the picture of David and his wife Mary on the pitcher's mound and the, the trophy out in front holding the flag that said national champions. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. That That's what it's about. Yeah, I had the privilege of listening to almost every pitch on the Ole Miss Radio Network. I just really enjoy it. And hearing Brad Henderson at the end of the, the game and hearing him interview the players and Tim Elko and, and you could you could you could hear the emotion in his voice. It is so so special. And the fans. My goodness. The fans showed up to Omaha. I don't know that I've ever seen that many Ole Miss fans in one spot. I mean, sure, I guess we could date back to the Sugar Bowl. and But as for baseball, I mean, it was absolutely Swayze Field North. And Ole Miss took care of Oklahoma. You know, someone told me once that if you win a championship, you got to have a little bit of luck, but you got to be really good. A lot of truth to that. Ole Miss was the fortunate, I mean, came on good fortune a couple of calls. You know, of course, the the runner, obviously it was the right call. They went to replay and called him out. But, you know, years past, maybe you don't get that call. Maybe you don't get some of the, the ball strikes and that sort of thing. I thought the officials did a great job in this tournament, umpires. And at the end of the day, Ole Miss beats Oklahoma. And it, it, it took players like T.J. McCants, who struggled this year to start the eighth inning. And then Justin Bench, who... My, I mean, I don't know that, that Ole Miss will miss a player more than Justin. And then Tim Elko moving the runner across. And it was Gonzalez's home run. You know, Gonzalez came into the, the game bat. Uh, I don't know what he was batting, but he was 3 for 23. It's a home run. Gives Ole Miss an early lead. But that eighth inning was just a cataclysm of exactly what this team has has done all year. It is absolutely what this team has done this postseason. Find a way to win. And I'll end with this before we get to Jerry. I said before, and I really feel strongly about this, so many people, whether it be coaches, players, fans, media, children, grandfathers, aunts, uncles, everybody that breathes, God's green earth and God's green air and, and everybody on God's green earth is what I'm trying to say. Everybody could take a, a, a page out of the Ole Miss playbook. And you know what it is. Ole Miss was, had, had, no, had no life whatsoever after the loss to Vanderbilt. But what did they do? Mike Buddy and that committee chair uh, and that committee gave them a chance. They gave them a chance to get in the tournament make some noise and they took advantage of it that's exactly what you have to do 
Coleman took advantage of it and won the national championship. We'll have Jared Redding up inside the Rebels uh, on the second half of the show. Uh, thanks very much for downloading the show. We're on the road this week, of course. But thanks very much for downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. And we're very grateful for the opportunity to work with you. Here's Jared Redding inside the Rebels. Was in Omaha for what seemed like three weeks. Uh, we talk about the national championship. Ole Miss is national champions right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe in Network. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. Ole Miss Rebels are absolutely 100% national champions, and I'm joined here by Jared Redding of Rebs 247. And, Jared, I, I, I don't know what to say. You followed this team the entire year, uh, did a great job covering this team for Inside the Rebels, and today they encapsulated the incredible run to the NCAA tournament and their national champions. Yeah, I'm a, and I'm a witness to tell you that that indeed happened. Um, you know, I was here for the very beginning. Uh, you know, this is my very first uh, assignment on this beat was to go to Ole Miss Baseball's meet today. A lot of players talked about, you know, their goal of going to Omaha, and Bianco said the same. Obviously, it didn't look like that a couple months ago. And now, all of a sudden, they were the ones dogpiling all the play. The only team in college baseball that made the postseason to win the final game. 
oh, there's a dog pile. There's euphoria. 20,000 20, Ole Miss fans on top of you. They're national champions. I don't really know what else there is to say. It, it, it was a heck of a run, and I think more than anything is is everyone felt like, at least me, and, and I've talked about it on this show, that this felt like a team that once it beat Arkansas, it would kind of run rough shot through Oklahoma. Now, today was a little bit different, although Ole Miss won pretty big. Um, yesterday or the day before, whenever, everything kind of runs together. Um, but today they win the national championship, and it felt like it might go to a game three. But I'll be quite honest with you. Um when Michael came in, the closer for Oklahoma, it almost was able to touch him up. I mean, just beat him up. That's when I felt like, okay, you know, Ole Miss has been able to find that extra gear at some point during the season. At some point during the postseason, they find their way to win games, and they find different ways to doing it. Today, it was touching up Michael, and they touched him up really well. Absolutely. And, you know, no disrespect to Michael, but I knew as soon as Kate Horton came out of the game with over 100 pitches pitched, everything that he's done, I, I knew in that moment that Ole Miss was going to make something happen. Whether they, you know, followed through with it is one thing, but I knew that Ole Miss was going to basically be in a situation where there were a couple nights ago in a walk-off situation. But sure enough, they made it happen. I didn't expect it to be on back-to-back wild pitches uh, like it was. And I didn't expect uh, an eighth to be three consecutive singles to kind of get to that point, but that's exactly what happened. And it just kind of encapsulated the season. And all of a sudden – after that, Ole Miss is up 4-2. I realized, oh, shoot, I don't have everything written yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had – I was literally scrambling to get everything done. But at the same time, you know, Brandon Johnson made it happen. He got his 12th save of the uh, of the season and ultimately recorded the, the final strikeout. And it was so fitting that it was Brandon Johnson that was the guy who did it. Because if you look going into the season – who was going to be that Taylor Broadway? Who was going to be that closer? Brandon Johnson was, and he did have some slip-ups in the middle of the season. But he was the guy who, no matter what he does in the mound, he will usually get the job done in given that situation. And obviously, the save numbers speaks for itself. Uh, but it seemed like it was fitting that it was just it was him that did. Like Just like Tim Elko caught the final out to go to Omaha, Brandon Johnson, another veteran, was the guy who got the strikeout. So it was just all kind of fitting, that whole sequence of events. Yeah, the fitting and another good word, uh, Jared, is it's it's almost like it's it's a storybook. It's a book that's been um, it was written for a movie, and I thought it was interesting that Mike elected to go with John Gaddis and didn't go with Brandon Johnson earlier. Uh, but I'll be honest, when Brandon Johnson came in, he looked like the Brandon Johnson of old. Uh, when I say of old, I mean maybe last year and the earlier part of this year, because the latter part of this year. Mike hasn't went to him very much, and it was a lot of it because there was a lot of drama that, that, that he came with. He didn't throw strides. He didn't fill the zone up. But that's one thing that Hunter Elliott did, and uh, I thought John Gaddis pitched well. And, you know, I just thought it was really fitting, like you said, that Brandon Johnson comes in, closes it out. It almost wins the national championship, and it's still just kind of hard to, 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 to wrap my head around. that. It does sound kind of weird, doesn't it, it? It feels very weird because now you start thinking, you know, you jokingly say, wait, wait a minute, so – Where's the sign going to go in the stadium that Ole Miss is like? It's like LSU is like the only team in the SEC that's supposed to win national championships. Mississippi State, Florida, all of a sudden now Vanderbilt. So where's the sign go? I mean, the statue that was kind of a running joke with Tim Elko and Mike Bianco. My God, Jared, they're going to build the thing now. I mean, it's going to be a statue at the stadium when we're joking about it. All this stuff is just kind of coming to fruition now. Yeah, I mean, I think you said best that there is going to be a statue. The question is who? It's funny when uh, Tim Elko was pretty much asked that exact same question in the press conference. Where do you want the statue to be? 
And Tim Elko being the, the Tim Elko we all know and love said, you know, I don't want one of me, but I want one of our of our team raising the national championship trophy. So where are right. you going to put this? Good question, because if you've ever been to Swayze Field, you know, there's a lot of downhillness to it. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the renovation. Obviously, that's going to be coming up with part of the the, uh, the uh, Champions Now campaign. But there's got to be something like that because – and here's the thing. Tim Elko, his legacy was already pretty much submitted. It's submitted in, you know, like with the, you know, the biggest, you know, pour of gold into, you know, a statue that you can get. It's, it's just the last final touchdown on it. Uh, and Mike Bianco, I mean, look at his legacy. Yeah, his he was a, a coach who always built a model of consistency, always produced major level talent in college baseball. Um, and but the but the, he's been to NCAA so many NCAA tournaments. He, he has enough NCAA tournaments illegally vote in the United states. And the only thing he did not have was a national. And it's like it's like with Skip Bertman, you know. Skip Bertman for years he was the same way, but it took him a while, if mm-hmm. people remember, to win a national championship. And when they did, it just kept coming. And but that that one cemented his legacy. Look, I mean, I, let's be honest here. This is our podcast, so we can we can make our own rules. Here's what I like. I would like the statue to be. I would like for them to use the pose that Tim Elko made at the end of the. Super regional game when he got the last out. You made mention of that earlier. That's what his pose needs to be. Mike Bianco's pose needs to be at the end of the College World Series when he did a fist pump, looking towards the crowd right before he embraced uh, all of his players and coaching staff. And then I guess we could talk about who the third person was. And I'll be honest with you, I would be cool with it being Dylan Delucia holding up the MVP trophy of the College World Series. And there's your three people on the on the uh, on the statue. You know, it's kind of been, like I said, it's kind of been a running joke about statues and stuff. But I think you got to build it right in front at Swayze Field, right in front of the coaches' offices, and uh, make it an opportunity to get your picture made. The, the, yeah. This is a life-altering, historic moment for Ole Miss fans, Jared. I mean, it's it's an opportunity to, where they're going to have a parade. They're going to go down the Walk of Champions tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's tomorrow. And then they're going to have a big parade on Wednesday. Yeah, they're going to they're going to arrive tomorrow. Okay. I believe, and then they're going to have the formal celebration, a.k.a. the parade, I believe, Wednesday. Okay. And uh, there's going to be a statues. There's going to be um, – There's going to be replica. There might be some replica statues that are maybe molded yeah. beforehand. Who knows? And then there's going to be signage that is made at the stadium. They're going to be – just think about the, the whatever the big football game, probably the Alabama game this year. They'll recognize the team on the field. Uh, football game, and then uh, they're going to be signage at the stadium. I mean, this is the first national championship without any, you know, UPIs or, you know, made-up stuff that people say they've done about football from the 50s. This is the first of the major sports on campus. This is the first national championship, and it is a huge day in Ole Miss athletics. I think you just basically said everything I was basically going to say. Um, I – I think when people look at, you know, all the football national championships, yeah, a lot of those teams back in the 50s and 60s were among the best teams in college football, but there was no way to figure out that. Um, and if they made your sports, uh, 
I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of individual titles. You talk about Braden Thornberry, uh, Hartono and Tim, uh, Ravenstone and uh, Dragon Um All that sort of stuff. You went, throw women's golf in the mix. Yeah. Obviously, you know, not the ones that fills up 25,000, but it is a team who accomplished that feat and put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears uh, to get to get that done. And and here it is. It's like it's like with, it's like with Mississippi State last year. And I hate to bring this up because obviously Mississippi State, Ole Miss. It doesn't matter. Try, now. Try I mean, they both won um, it. They both won it. It doesn't matter, man. Mississippi's the the top of college baseballs world and i think it's, it's a situation where now they're mutually exclusive they're, they're joined at the hip they're rivals and now mississippi state can no longer say we're the, the the dominant program in the state i mean if they do it's semantics at this point it's conjecture because uh, Ole miss and mississippi state are, are, are for, for the lack of a better word equal now that's the way i look at it so the, yeah, man, the, the, you go very, right ahead yeah yeah, yeah. and they're very and they kind of followed a similar, not really a similar path, but they followed a, you know, similar questions about them as a program before winning their first national championship was Mississippi State. You know, you look at all the major league talent that they produce, um, all the legends that they've made in the SEC in general. Yeah. Uh, and, and so many teams that could have won. You know, my parent, my my parents were Mississippi State alums. My dad, mom and dad were there for the glory years of Mississippi State baseball back in the mid '80s. Um, and they. Had, Teams that could do it, and all the way up until 2021, even after a COVID-shortened season, it was like Mississippi State's a good program, but are they a great program? I mean, they've won a lot, but they don't have a national championship. Sure enough, that kind of submitted them as you know a college baseball powerhouse. You look at Ole Miss; there's a similar situation where they've won a whole lot. I mean, tournaments speaks for itself, but but. Some see, some teams consider that you know, schools. Ole Miss is like they they do that every year, but they don't have that one national championship. Mike Bianco is as much of an SEC coaching icon as he is, does not have that national championship as a head coach. He's won, you know, quite a few of them at LSU under the shadow of Skip Bertman, but now he finally has that, and you can no longer say that Ole Miss is you know is is a you know good enough, pro- but they're a little bit more than that because now they have the hardware to show for it. We heard from Mike Bianco at the end of the game, and he was interviewed by Chris Budden and also with Brad Henderson on the Ole Miss Radio Network. I, I listened to both those interviews, and he essentially said, you know, when I took this job 22 years ago, I came off the success at LSU, and I saw Skip Bertman not only come to Omaha but win a national championship within five or six years. Then he won a couple, and I thought, okay. Then he gets to Oxford, and he says, you know, I'm so proud that we won a national championship, but I had no idea it would be this hard or it would take this long to do it. He said, I just have a whole new respect for, for coaches that do win it now and about how long it takes to get here. I'm curious in the postgame press conference, Jared, what did you get from Coach Bianco? And, and, and did you get any of those vibes about any type of relief? Or uh, I, I know he was incredibly happy to, to, to win the national championship. Obviously, he saw that I'm out, you know, when he was hugged his wife, Cammy, and you know, had a moment with his kids and had a moment with some of the players. Uh, you know, in the post-game press, he just, the, 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 literally the first couple words he said was, I'm just out of words. You know, it seems like, you know, that moment, you just lasted for, for a little bit that, out there on the field. And it was all sweet, all that. And, you know, when, when everyone talks about Mike Bianco, 
That's the thing about Mike Vick. Talk about Coach Bianco and about him to him. He'll direct. He will put it directly on his players and the players that coach. He did the same thing at ESPN. He did the he, same he thing, Jerry. ESPN, and that's just staying true to who you are as a head coach. Bianco is the same Bianco uh, from you know the on-field interview to the to the press conference. You know, just kind of staying true, staying true to that. Now, obviously, the game has changed and all that, but it's all about his players at the end of the day. You saw, I mean, Tim Elko and you know, Brandon, Brandon Johnston had the same thing. You, 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 know, like, you couldn't have asked him for a better person to play for for five years. And that's coming from Tim Elko, who yeah. you know, went, went through all the, the heartbreak that he went through at Ole Miss from being on a team post that was a legitimate national championship contender gets knocked down their own. It was Come a, short, one game, Super Regional twice. Yep. It, have a 2020 season. Who knows what would have happened, and it was out of anyone else's control. It was an incredible run all the way it, from the Coral Gables. Yeah, the, the Coral Gables <laughs> Regional to Southern Miss uh, to Omaha. It just all just kind of came together. And it was almost like the baseball gods, if you will, shined down on Mike Bianco and said, look, man, you've been put through the ringer. We're going to get you in the tournament, and we're going to kind of leave it up to you. We're going to give a little bit of luck along the way. But at some point, it's up to you guys. And uh, Ole Miss answered the call, and uh, I can't believe it. The Rebels are national champions right now on Inside the Rebels, Rebs247.com. As we record, there's a ton of content. The message board's popping. Uh, you've done some great work, Jared. There are a couple of stories up right now. I've actually tweeted out a couple of them. Uh, what's kind of on the docket for you in regards to um, how you kind of put a, a bow on this tournament? It, it's just kind of hard to put into words. That, that's the gold question of the day. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know, I had a lot of work to do afterwards. Still have a lot of work to do with that. There's so many feel-good stories in this whole thing from, you know, coaches, the players, uh, to the fans who, who've been through everything for a couple of years. And it, it's a good question. I mean, it's something that, you know, that, that it's my thing to do. Obviously, there's a parade coming up, that which Pete Chotney quite literally said that they're going to burn Oxford to the ground. I saw the tweet, and I retweet. Literally. I retweeted with joy when when I, don't I saw. I think he meant that literally. <laughs> right, but right, right. I, knowing Oxford, Mississippi, and the way that they embrace Ole Miss, especially with its baseball program, I mean, Howie Six might be shut down for Pontiac. Yeah, and for Cal. Steady and from Holly Springs into Batesville. It's, it's, it's going to be a sight. It's going to be a sight to see, and I'm assuming they'll end this parade inside Swayze Field and probably have a nice ceremony, and uh, it's really cool to see. Jared, um, look, I know, I know you've got a lot of stuff to do. By the way, you can't go get a Jello shot at Rocco's because Ole Miss drank all of uh, Rocco's out of Jello. Yeah, that, that's kind of, yeah, oof. Like all of it, like Rocco said, we have no more Jello to make the Jello shots. So Ole Miss starts buying just shots of whiskey at that point. That <laughs> that was four hours ago. Is that now? Okay. It was uh, from from everything that you could imagine. It's just, I think uh, I, I've talked to so many uh, media people on the beat. It, it, it it's from 
you know, everybody's either like, I'm numb. I, I don't know what to do. It's, it's like, I've been, it seems like I've been here for a month. And then, you know, Jared, the funny part about all that is Jeff Robertson, uh, as we know, works for the university, worked for the Ole Miss spirit, um, for, for a number of years with Chuck Roundsville. He, he tweeted a picture and this boy, this got me. It was all the flags of all the teams at the college world series and Ole Miss was in the middle and it was at the top. And, uh, boy, that, that grabbed me. And then I'll tell you what else grabbed me. And I don't know if you had a chance to hear it, but they played Take Me Out to the Ball Game by Trumpet. And, I, I uh, remember that. It was, uh, boy, that – I don't know why, but that got me. And, uh, you know, hearing David Kellum's final call, Brad Henderson, God bless Brad Henderson, he couldn't hold it together for any of the postgame interviews. He was just a basket case down on the field. And, you know, suffice to say – it is a heck of a day to be an Ole Miss Rebel fan, and I know that a lot of folks on the side are really excited, and uh, it, it's been so much fun following this team. And I tweeted at the end, after all this, I kind of hate the baseball season's over. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was such a fun ride, and, you know, obviously it was great the way it ended, but it's like how do you wrap up a good story? Yeah. That, that's, that's the way you do it. You hate to say it's perfect, but it, it really ended perfect. Yeah. Let me uh let me say this before we get off, okay? I was born and raised in Oxford, Mississippi. Okay. I I I I'm I'm synonymous with kind of with Oxford and Ole Miss from the you know, the moment I was I mean, I was born on South Lamar Boulevard. I was, you know, all that through and through. Growing up watching you know, Ole Miss athletic events, watching Ole Miss baseball too. And I, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, like I was thinking about all that when Brandon Johnson got that final strikeout and think about, you know, when I first got hired, you know, back in February, my, my very first assignment was literally, I mean, literally after it was formula house an hour later, I went to Swayze field for the media day before this season even began. So I began with this season began. And it's kind of come full circle. It's like, you know, you know it, it's, it's not over yet with me, but it, it, it's just so, it, it's so thing that it started right here. And here we are to June 26, 2020, the old Mrs. National Champion in baseball and the beat that I cover. It's kind of crazy to think about. It is crazy to think about that Ole Miss is the 2022 Collegiate Baseball National Champions. Jared Redding covers uh, Ole Miss baseball for Inside the Rebels and Reps 247. And, uh, gosh, Jared, it'll be tough to top this one. As, as young as you are and you stay on the beat, uh, this this is one we'll always remember. We appreciate you being part of the show, man. You, you've been great all year long, and, uh, you know, I really hate to see it in. I guess we'll kind of flip the switch to uh, to football now. Hey, yep, but hey, it, it ends for this baseball season, but getting – it's just a beginning. Jerry, thanks very much. Safe travels. Uh, I'm assuming you'll eventually come home from Omaha uh, one day. So uh, <laughs> safe travels when you do leave uh, Nebraska, and look forward to talking with you soon. All right. Take care, y'all. And a special thank you to Jared Redding for joining us here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. The Ole Miss Rebels are the 2022 College Baseball National Champions. It just never gets old. We have learned that uh, the team will have a big parade on Wednesday afternoon, I'm not sure of the time yet, but the mayor of Oxford pointed out 
then Wednesday will be the big day for that. It's a special time in Oxford, a special time for this Ole Miss baseball team, and uh, we've enjoyed being along for the ride with you. Be sure and follow Jared on Twitter. That's at Jared E. Redding. We appreciate what he's doing. He's done for the podcast and um, everything over at Rebs247.com, inside the Rebels, an affiliate of 247 Sports. I guess we turn the page to football. Um, it's unbelievable that uh, baseball season is over. And like we talked about earlier, this is kind of sad. But we appreciate you being part of the show. We're appreciative of our friends over at Bet Online and also University of Physicians, our two main sponsors on the show. Thanks very much for being part of the show. Look forward to talking with you soon right here on the Believe in Omas podcast, part of the Believe Network. been listening to the believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host Brad Logan download the show on Apple podcasts Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts please subscribe rate and leave a review online be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E and at believe podcasts as well as Facebook Brad Logan media from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.